You are listening to a Called Collective podcast where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. What's up, guys? This is Coffee and Colin, where we just chat over coffee. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac. I am Noah out, and thank you so much. Sit back, enjoy, and come along for the ride. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode. Isaac, who who do we have today on the podcast? The one and only Jay Money, <laughs> or we know him as Dr. Morgan. Dr. Morgan, thank you for for being here today. And I always make the joke that you always forget to work out legs, but <laughs> good thing we're not actually videoing your legs. It's just your upper half. So I got you know. pants on today, not shorts, so I can't tell the chicken legs right. that I have. That's yeah. right. I can't tell. Wait, but didn't you play football, though? I did. So you had to have strong legs. Yeah, like strong for... legs. They're just smaller. At you one know? point. I... <laughs> you know those those super long socks that have, like, the chicken leg on it? Have you actually seen those? I want to. I'm going to get you that for your birthday. I can't like, wait. You can can't wait. <laughs> it's all black socks and then chicken legs on the front. So when you're looking at them, it just looks like chicken legs are coming out of the shorts. Yes, it'd be so it's hilarious. Would look, yeah, I'm sure it'd it'd it would also look goofy. And I would want you to, to wear that for your FYE. Just first impression. Chicken good. legs. That'd be good. But give us a little introduction to yourself. What you what you do here, a little snippet of your life, and then we'll get into A little snippet of my life. Okay, so since 2016, <laughs> I've taught theology here at Indiana Wesleyan. And I teach everything from, you were saying FYE, that's a 101 class to a master's class. We just had one a little bit ago with you guys. Uh, before that, I was at Tacoa Falls College. And uh, before that, I was in grad school at Marquette University. But I came to teaching having pastored for some years, uh, doing college and young adult ministry in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm not a huge Alabama fan <laughs> after having <laughs> suffered through that fandom. Ooh. But... but uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I, 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 love, uh, I love being able to do this kind of ministry among, among young people who are going into ministry themselves. Hmm. How, how long did you pastor before going into like teaching like at a school or university? Yeah, level? so like I pastored, I mean, not including internships and stuff. I pastored for four years, about four years after seminary. And then my first year of grad school, I was a youth pastor for about one year. And okay, cool. where I where it was confirmed to me that I'm not called to youth ministry, <laughs> I'm sure maybe that's where we'll get we'll get into that some of it. <laughs> you can be called to ministry and then find certain avenues where yeah, I don't believe that's where I'm gifted. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. On top of calling, this is what we're here for. And so, Dr. Morgan, would you just take us into your to your calling wherever it's to your discretion? We've, we've both never heard this before. Well, I hate to disappoint you. It's not that exciting. <laughs> pothead. Yeah. No. Yeah. We. I'm not. Uh, no. I wasn't a pothead that. Somehow woke up in a haze and was converted and gloriously, you know, risen yeah. up to this. Oh, you had one high point. and came out with a spiritual high. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> yeah, actually, no, it's it, it it's really as simple as this. The My father's a pastor. He still is, actually. Mm-hmm. And my uncles, several uncles are ministers. My grandfather was a pastor. He even helped found a small denomination. So sort of grew up in ministry families. But I don't remember ever thinking that, I would do that. I was young as a kid um, thinking, I don't know, I was going to be like in the military or something mm. just because I liked war movies. And I thought, well, <laughs> that'll be fun. You know, <laughs> that you would know, be that, fun. <laughs> well, well, you know, when you're seven years old, you're not thinking about the realities yeah. of terrors of war. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was nine years old and my mom was actually telling me about another 
kid from a church that my dad had pastored before, a family that I knew, and said uh, that this kid, God had called him to preach. He's, he's going to be a preacher when he grows up. Wow. And right then, I remember exactly where I was standing in my room and looking at the wall. I mean, it was, it was one of those moments where I think for the first time in my life, you know, I was sensitive to the God's spirit and wanted to, wanted to follow him. But like God almost audibly spoke to me and says, that's what you're doing. And so from the time I was nine years old, there was zero question in my mind. Even during, you know, those tumultuous junior high years when wow. I wasn't exactly, you know, lighting up the world <laughs> yeah. for, for, the, for the faith. You were a junior um, higher. I was, a, yeah, I was a junior higher. That's why I don't like junior high, because I remember how much of a punk I was. And I just, <laughs> you know, no. But but even even through slightly times. Slightly yes, slightly yeah, yes. But even, even, through, even through some years where, um, I wasn't doing all that well spiritually. I knew I couldn't get away from that call. If anyone wow. would have actually like pushed me and said, what are you supposed to be when you grow up? Not just what kind of do you want to do? Because I would make up stuff like, well, maybe I'll be a whatever. But I always, always knew. I know God said I'm supposed to be in ministry. And so I just never got away from that. And then when I kind of, God helped me get my act together about the time I was 14 um, and and really start following him consistently. And, um, you know, experiencing a sanctifying work in my life as a teenager and into, you know, into through college years, that, that call just followed me. And then, so I was pursuing for a while. I just didn't know exactly what it would look like. I just figured I'd be, I'd be a pastor like my dad is, like my grandfather was before. And because for me, like, that's what ministry meant. You're, you're a pastor of a church, Mm. but, but so, so that got me into, that got me into the college years. And I, you know, went to Anderson university for two years they didn't really have a strong ministry department, so I didn't major in anything like ministry. I was like a history major at the time. But, you know, and I was having fun. I was on the football team. I was probably not taking things as seriously as I should have been <laughs> at the time. Uh, so like having a, a whole lot of, like, fun, a lot of social fun, but not really being serious about my calling. Mm. And then something changed the second semester of my sophomore year, and God just helped me. I don't know, kind of measure the time and recognize I need to get serious about this. And I ended up, long story short, I ended up transferring to Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Ah, it was yeah. it was BWC at the time. You you may have either not been born or been like one. I, when did you go? <laughs> Let's see. I transferred out of and, uh, night, the fall of 98. I was not even a thought at that point. Okay. When were you born? 2000. So I graduated in 2000. So we, we, <laughs> we may have crossed paths. <laughs> you were Maybe, maybe. I was born in 2001. I'm older than you. I'm better <laughs> than you. Yeah, the, you know, you just feel, you feel old after a while when you, you know. No, to that point, this is so, this just came to mind. We have a girl on the tennis team who's 16. I asked when you were born. What? When you were born. She's like, 2006? I was, now I can like, I can't relate to like that because you guys graduated at that time, right? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But when I heard 2006 and I'm like, and you're at college with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just that whole age yeah. difference. Oh yeah. my god. Wait till if you ever like teach and you're like, I was born in 2006. You're like, I was like an adult in 2006. <laughs> like it, it starts to get away from you after a while. Yeah. But 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 anyway, it's it's really at it was at Bartlesville. It was Bartlesville Wesleyan College at the time. Then I think the year after I left, they called it Oklahoma Wesleyan. But that's where God did something in me. I I, I don't know that I've experienced that much growth in such a short amount of time Mm. where I was just all in for being trained about whatever 
classes I was taking. At Anderson, I did okay, maybe made the dean's list, but I, I didn't really take things seriously. I made nothing but A's the, the whole time I was there, except my, my psychology class. And, my, and I had to take college algebra, which I was mad about. But everything else, everything else, like it's like God turned something on within me. Like now we're getting serious, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, at, it was also at Bartlesville. It was my first semester. And I thought, okay, I'm finally in a school where they have a good apartment and I'm taking all these classes. And then Dr. Larry Hughes, my uh, philosophy professor, um, one day at the beginning of class said, there's a little church in Vera, Oklahoma. I mean, just like 20 minutes outside of Bartlesville, this tiny little town. And there's a little church there, very, very small. And they don't have a pastor and they need people to go fill in. So some of you might want to think about that. Mm. And I heard that. And like, again, God just said, go talk to him about it. But I was like, well, I really need this time to study. I think, you know, I, I just don't know if I can. I hadn't preached before, but it was at that little church in Vera. I, I ended up saying, I'll, I'm interested to help. And so I would, I would go like every third Sunday. And through my studies and then through regular preaching at this tiny little friend's church, it had like, it had like 10 people, but then I'd bring all my friends. So then they'd have like 30, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You, know Wait, but, you had 20 friends? Well, they claimed to be, but, you know. They just wanted to. Hot dog. They they wanted to hear some really good preaching. So I'm <laughs> just kidding, no, no. So, no, so we would bring our friends sometimes. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I wouldn't bring twenty people, but um, those people were so encouraging, and they just loved to see some of us young guys j- just beginning to cut our teeth on what it means to preach. Yeah. And so, they, they were probably doing us more of a favor than we were doing them a favor, you know, because I look back at my old files and the sermons I preached. I'm like, oh man. You know, they, well, that was bad. <laughs> but, but 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 they affirmed us. They 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 could tell wow. we were we were doing what God called us to do. And when you're young and idealistic and you haven't lived long, you know, some of your sermons are a little, uh, you know, they're they're okay. But uh, <laughs> they're, but we got a good I got a good start there. Yeah. And uh, and and so that that was a real um, that was a real pivotal point in in God developing me into, into a pastor. Um, and I don't know if, if you want me to keep going or if there's any follow-up at no, this, this point. Is, no, this is, this is good. No, this is good. Just okay. like, we'll keep going. And as we go, like if we, have, if we have questions and that we'll, we'll go ahead and there, chime in. Yeah. Know. So, so after, right after I graduated, um, I went straight into seminary. So I was 22 years old, graduated from college there in, in 2000 and then went home to, uh, uh, went home to where my parents live in Wyoming and did college ministry there at my dad's church. And then went to Jackson, Mississippi, to Wesley Biblical Seminary, spent three years there. Again, transformative, went deeper than I ever thought possible spiritually, intellectually. But it was sometime there where God began to sort of stir in me the possibility that my call to ministry may not be limited to what I had always conceived. That is, to be a pastor, getting up every Sunday and preaching and doing the things that I had always known because of my family and you know, that's what I'd grown up around. And so I had a professor say, you know, you should think about getting a doctorate someday. And I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. It just wasn't, it was never really something on my radar. But the further on I went, I, I saw the ways that those professors loved their field, but they loved God and they loved us and they loved scripture and the way that we were being impacted there under their tutelage, under their care. Like they were not just professors, they were like shepherds to us. Yeah. I realized those guys have a profound ministry. And I didn't realize it as much, but at, at Bartlesville, Oklahoma Wesleyan, 
the same thing had happened. I just sort of recognized it even more so when I was in seminary. And it was like God not only giving me a deepened love and affection for all things theology, and wow, this is interesting, wow, this really matters, and I couldn't get enough of it, but I saw the impact they were making on me and, and others, and God began to turn my turn my thoughts toward ministering in that context. And so I, I really started thinking, well, maybe this is, maybe it's, it's going to be this. Maybe I should keep going. Well, by the time I graduated seminary, God had closed a couple of doors, and I, I just believe that if I do go back to school to get a doctorate and do the whole teaching thing someday, that's fine, but I, I need to get in the church. I just need to minister in the church now. And I think part of my thought was it would be hard for me to teach other people, like students, how to do this if I haven't really consistently done it myself. Yeah. And so while I thought about going straight into graduate work, God just said, Mm-mm, you know, you're, you're going to go into the church. So long story short, I got, I got my first pastoral job at, at the time it was called First Wesleyan Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just minutes from the University of Alabama. Pretty good sized church, but I went there to be the kind of, they were called the the twenty uh, something pastor. So I was the pastor of college students at the at the university, grad students, young twenty something professionals. Yeah, because Tuscaloosa is one of those like real university towns where there's just young people everywhere. Mm. So I was twenty five at the time. I was like at the perfect age. Went in, and you know, had a, a good ministry there. The first year was tough going from school to actually being the person in charge of my ministry and all the pressures that that has. And frankly, the this is something that I wasn't prepared for. They always tell you, your professors are like, well, we can't prepare you for everything. You just have to experience it. And that's 100% true. Oh, so many things that I experienced hmm. as a pastor that I could not have anticipated in class. No, thank God. But... Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, but but you learn how to depend on God like never before. You can't mm. just say, well, I, I've been trained for this. Here's how to handle this. Sometimes you're just like, God, I don't know what to do or say right now, but I know you've called me to this. I know you've equipped me, so wow. here we go. But, Where's my notes? Where's my notes? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have class notes with the— uh, What did Christology have to say about this? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I one time I had these two sisters in my ministry, and they said, what do we do? Our, our brother— has been has been acting weird. We went, we went into his room and he wasn't there, and he's growing all this pot in his closet. What should we do? I'm like, well, yeah, my Trinity class didn't to discuss this. No, <laughs> yeah, but, for real. But but the thing <laughs> I was going but the thing I was going to say was, the first year was difficult because I was getting used to people. They liked the pastor that was there before, and and he went off, and I was lonely. Mm. And one of the things about ministry you realize, and I wasn't married at the time; I was single, so that made it worse. But yeah was that you're surrounded by a lot of people, but they don't always look at you as like one of the guys or like one of our good friends. You're pastor. So it's your pastor, John, you know, yeah. I ended up making pretty good friends there, but it, it was, it was something I had to learn to, to navigate just the, the feeling of isolation and loneliness, even though there was a lot of people around. Mm. But anyway, through that, God used my ministry made some really good connections. I saw people come to Christ, saw people discipled. But I realized through that that my my gift was not being that really um, innovative, entrepreneurial pastor yeah. who's like really hip, wears the skinny jeans, and like gets like 500 people a night. You know what I mean? You know, like, <laughs> I, I had, right. <laughs> some people are like that, but I had more of a ministry that was, it was decent size, like 60, 70 or so. But 
it was more of a, we're going in depth. Yeah. And that's why people came to to my ministry. It was called 20-something. There was tons of min- other ministries around, college ministries. But people came. I remember one guy told me, he used to go to another ministry, and he'd come to ours sometimes, and he says, I like coming here because it's like a chance for God to just slap me in the face, you know? And yeah. so <laughs> so, so from that, I, I felt called to go back to school. So I did, resigned from the church, uh, went, went to, by that time I was married to Christy, went to Marquette University, got my doctorate, spent a year doing youth ministry. It was tough. And I stopped after here. I have so many, I have so <laughs> many then, questions. Yeah, it's, this man right here is going into youth ministry. Well, <laughs> and, and and then and and then you know went into went into full time teaching after that at Tacoma Falls College in Georgia. Then here, um, and then the last thing I'll say is, my I, I had a real struggle, like this existential crisis of God. If I go to, to grad school and if I go into teaching, am I somehow forsaking my calling? Am I being disobedient? Wow, yeah. If I'm not. If I'm not in a local church pastoring people, am I am, am I following some other path or mm. or not? But God gave me eventually such a peace that as clear as I felt called to ministry before, I felt like the door opened, like, no, this is the way you're supposed to go. Wow. And this is not you um, turning your back on your call. This is you fulfilling your call. You just didn't understand it before when yeah. you were nine. Now you do. <laughs> and this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, when you're nine. Wow. Well, yeah, because you no. have a limited perspective. Of right. course. As I kind of lived and grew and realized, this is this is ministry too. It's just not what I had envisioned, yeah. you know? But I knew that once I was called to ministry, that, that was it. I can't do anything else. I just mm. didn't realize that the ministry path was multi-layered. Like you, you can do church, yeah. you can do mission, you can do what I do now, and it's all serving the mm. kingdom of God, serving yeah. people. Um, for the Lord. And it took me a while to figure that out. But when okay. I did, it was really freeing. Wow. That's incredible because I've, I've had a lot of conversation actually with people and even in my own story right now with knowing being called to ministry, right? And so a lot of people can have that locked down, but then everybody's like, where, where am I supposed to go? It's almost like you have the direction, but the plan's not really there. And so like maybe, maybe you could speak into this a little bit to like those people that yes, have feel called to like ministry, but struggling with the whole idea of, oh, like, do I need to be a youth pastor? Do I need to be a head pastor? Do I need to be all these things? But it seems like in your story, you just followed the Lord. And then he like, as, as time went on, he just that's revealed right. more and more to you, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's it. I mean, you really answered the question. Yeah. The only thing you are called to be when you're called to ministry is faithful, available obedience. That's yeah. it. You, you don't, you don't have to chart your path and say, well, then, I'm called a ministry, and this is what it's going to look like. Mm. You don't get to decide what it's going to look like. You don't get to decide the kind of ministry. You don't get to decide where you're going to live. Wow. When you surrender mm. to God's call to ministry, he gets to call all of the shots, wow. right? So we can have preferences. We can have areas of strength, and God may very well honor that and say, okay, well, if you have this propensity to work with children, well, yeah, then this is what you're going to do. But that's not always the case. So, mm. again, I, I followed wherever the doors were opened. Yeah. And it was, at the time, it was college ministry. And then a little bit of youth ministry, which I don't, I still wonder if that was right. But, but then, did I really but, dis, did I disobey in that moment? Like, God, was yeah, supposed right. to go. Well, it was one of those, like, sort of forcing it kind of a thing. Because I, I thought I should probably stay in, in the church somehow so I don't get, I don't know, muddle-headed. And yeah. it may have not have been a good idea. But, but um, you don't have to know what the next step is mm. if you're called to ministry. 
You just have to be faithful. And as God opens up the doors and as other people in the body of Christ affirm some of your strengths, that is, you know, everyone knows this, but that's one of the hallmarks of knowing that you're called where other people come alongside. You're not even asking for it. You're not saying, hey, how did I do in that sermon? Hey, what do you think about me? You're not fishing for anything. They come to you unsolicited completely and say, I heard you speak, or I see the way you interact with people, or I, the way you thought this through, I believe God has his hand on you. Yeah. And I just want to affirm that whatever God has in store, just follow that, even if you don't know what that is, because you're called. Hmm. That, yeah. that, that helps when yeah. you're wondering, am I on the wrong track? Am I supposed to be doing this? Yeah. Then the question I would ask with that, as I've asked in my life, we've talked about this before, is how do you even know? what you're necessarily like called to because mm. people talk about this oh just where what you're gifted at where your passions are where your where your heart burns that's what where god wants what your gift you, mix is right gift and, mix is that a new thing <laughs> i don't There's know there's always some new thing what's your enneagram number oh, i should tell man. you don't you, do that yeah. yeah but then but then you also see in the bible you see like with moses it, it called to go and like free the egyptian free the israelites wow free the israelites from the, the egyptians. egyptians right and he wasn't about it. Like, that's not where his gifting He wasn't that's passionate what... <laughs> about public speaking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so how do you, while yes, God has gifted us with these things, but how do you discern when to follow such things or, mm. or not, you know? Yeah. One way, I think, is to recognize the difference between a natural talent I might have and a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the spiritual gift and my natural talent may coincide, they may not. Oh, but again, wow. I think some of it is, again, the, the affirmation from the body of Christ, other Christians who see you in action and will affirm some of the gifts that, spiritual gifts that you have. And I don't know, I, I know it's not always the case, but I, I do think that God sometimes, oftentimes, will begin to fine-tune our, 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 our vision into what he wants us to be. And it may take a lot of different ministry experiences to figure out what exactly God is doing and where he's actually leading. But I think in the end, God is very faithful to not just play games with us and kind of lead us this way or that way. But through a process of time in recognizing where we're strong, recognizing where where we're not so strong, getting the affirmation from the body, and just the Spirit leading us through the process of discernment through word and, and, and prayer that he, he kind of sets our hearts where they're supposed to be. God has mm. a way of orienting us uh, into the direction he wants us. Wow. Mm. That's so good. I'm I'm just sitting here going, man, I'm, I'm trying to think of questions, but I'm just like soaking in what you're saying, which I'm just marinating. That's, that's the right word. Marinating. I'm just marinating what Love you're that. saying. But I don't know. The, there's just one thing on my mind, and it's just you. your parents lived in Wyoming. So I just, I just, just see like this constant movement of, like your calling story has gone from state to state to state mm-hmm. to state. Like what, what has that done? Like, I don't know. I like five different States in, in, I don't know, six or seven years. Yeah, I've lived in eight, eight States, um, twice in Indiana. So that's not nine, it's eight, but <laughs> yeah, we got the yeah. corn, baby. <laughs> yeah, we got the corn, yeah. Part, part of my ability to do that, not, not ability, but my, my openness to that was, I grew up in a parsonage, you know, pastor's home mm. where, you know, I was born in Oregon. And at the time when we lived, uh, when we lived there, I was seven. And then my dad got a call to, to Michigan to be a pastor in Michigan. So we moved to Michigan. Then after a few years, moved to Indiana. I mean, I just, 
I was used to, we weren't like military, but we're, I was moving was sort of baked in for me. Like this is yeah. part of it. Doesn't have to be, but it, it was, it's what I was used to. So I ended up, um, I've, I've lived over half my life, almost all of my adult life with my parents far away. Since, since, since I went to Oklahoma, I've not lived near them and I don't see them very much. Yeah. But God keeps our bonds strong. And whenever we see each other, it's like we pick up where we left off and I can call and text and whatever else. But it, it, I'm glad you mentioned that again, because I, I hear students sometimes who will say they're in, they want to be in ministry and whatnot, but, but I, I need to stay in the Midwest or I need to be around family or I won't leave Indiana. I'm like, then you're not either, either not called to ministry or you're being disobedient. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, whenever I hear that stuff, whenever somebody says, I'm not doing this. I'm like, the Lord is literally <laughs> going to ask you to do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. If you want to play with faith, say, there's no way I'll go to like, you know, North Dakota. Well, that might just be where something <laughs> yeah. opens up for you. Yeah. So, That's so, so it just, but it is, it's part of surrender. And so moving's hard, but I, I, I just did it as a kid. And so as an adult, when God opened up the door and said, okay, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's Georgia, it's Alabama now. Now you're, you need to go to Wisconsin. Now you're going back down to Indiana. I mean, okay. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't fight with it. You say, all right, but here we go. Great. You've always been faithful before. He'll be faithful Thank again. You. And that's he, so he true. supplies the needs. That that's so good. That's good to hear. Um, I kind of needed that one actually. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> being, cause you're going to, who knows where, yeah, you're who going. knows where the heck I'm going to go. <laughs> but, um, at the end of this, what would you say through all this that you have learned? Maybe it's something that the Lord has just taught you that you wish mm-hmm. you could give some advice to someone or encouragement or whatever it is. What would that last thought be? Yeah. It's what I really, 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 really learned when we moved here. My wife got sick and we went through, you know, a very rough first year. Um, I'm really not in control. Mm-hmm. I could have told you that intellectually, theologically before that, but I learned I'm not in control. I rely on the mercies of God every day. Dang. And so when I think about, or when students, any of you, you know, you think about ministry, well, where am I going to go? And my parents don't think I'm going to make enough money. What, ultimately, God is going to provide, and you're not in control of your life anyway. Hmm. All you have to do, you just have to be faithful, obedient, yeah. and available. That's it. You're not called to success. You're not called to be the best pastor ever. Or You're just called to be available, obedient, and faithful. Wow. And God will take care of all the after effects of that. That's so good. The mm. three, faithful, ava- available, and obedient. obedient. Yeah. That's good. It's like, on a, the it's like a mantra, something to memorize to I'm getting to that have. tattooed on me. <laughs> well, you already got faithful on there. So but I, lear- I, I, but I, I learned through, through the years, that's all, God's a- that's all God's asking. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's all just up, it's all just yeah. up to him. And Ooh. there's something so freeing about that and life-giving mm-hmm. about that, that I'm not charting my own course. I'm not the yeah. one responsible for my own success or my reputation. No, it's in God's hands. That's it. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. is, that is so freeing. Just like all the responsibility that we put on ourselves, mm-hmm. that burden so that true. we yeah. aren't meant to carry. And it's self-imposed. Yeah. No mm-hmm. one's putting, we're putting that on ourselves and mm-hmm. we're not supposed to. That's you know? good. That's good. Yeah. Well, That's so good. Dr. Morgan, we have, we have soaked in the wisdom. <laughs> marinated. Yeah, we yeah. marinated. marinated in the wisdom. Next time you read the word marinate and smell it, get all the senses involved. <laughs> but thank you so much for, for joining us today. Absolutely. And yeah. I know you've got a busy jam-packed schedule, but really appreciate it and getting to hear and hear our professor's heart, not just someone that's yelling at us about our heretics and right. all of the stuff that we don't know, but, <laughs> but 
It's you, all out of care. love, of course. Of course, yeah. Of course. You, you care for us. Yelling in love, yeah. And and your story is one of being faithful, available, and obedient. And that's just, it's just so encouraging to hear. Yeah. So, Thank you so much. Glad it can be encouraging. Yeah. Well, you do what you can. You know, sometimes <laughs> do you, you have to tear us yeah. down sometimes, too. You come with oh, the wrong name man. in class all the time, but... <laughs> That's a, that's a different story. But guys, thank you so much for listening today on the Coffee and Calling podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Adios. We'd also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Call Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Call Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, Visit at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Thanks for listening again and taking time in your day to have the chance to be formed by the conversations we have over coffee. See you guys next week.